If you have a Bible and you want to, you could turn to Luke chapter 19. <laughs> so, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Okay? So, I want to talk today about what it means for us to be peacemakers on the earth. Okay? It is those who know how to carry peace that will be recognized as the true sons of God. Okay? So I want to read this scripture in Luke chapter 19 where it talks about Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem during his triumphal entry where he's being praised as the Messiah. We celebrate this as Palm Sunday, which is next week, but we're going to get a little preview today, okay? Is that okay? Are you guys awake? Is it? Okay. All right. (laughs) Starting in verse 37. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day What would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. Okay? So Jesus and his disciples and his followers began to descend the Mount of Olives and head into the Kidron Valley before they were going to go up to Jerusalem. This is a fairly long walk. And During this long walk, you can clearly see the entire time the city and the temple area during the whole walk, okay? So they, Jesus and his disciples, just like the Jews from all around the region, were entering the city of Jerusalem preparing for Passover, okay? Jesus was riding on a donkey, and it seemed that his followers were aware that there was a prophecy in Zechariah that said the Messiah would enter the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. So they began to praise and to celebrate and to wave palm branches and to shout, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And in Mark's version of the story, it's, he, he says, they shout, blessed, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. And they're shouting, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Okay, and as they're doing this, they're about to enter into Jerusalem, whose name means city of peace. Okay, the Hebrew word Jerusalem, if you break it down, it's a compound word. And the first part of the word means to flow or to shoot forth. And the second part of the word means peace, as in completeness or um, wholeness. 
Okay, the idea of this word peace in the Jewish language is when a covenant is brought to completion by restitution being paid in full. Okay, let me say that again. The, the idea of the Jerusalem idea of peace of this word shalem, it, is, it, it means the completion of a covenant by restitution being made in full. Okay, so this city of peace was the center of their covenant with God. It was the place where he promised to dwell among them. It was the place where his promises were fulfilled. And it was the place where his peace was supposed to shoot forth or flow like a river throughout the whole earth. Okay, you guys okay so far? Okay, so we have the Prince of Peace... On whose, govern, on whose shoulder is the government of peace, according to Isaiah. And he's about to enter the city of peace amidst shouts of peace. And he's sobbing his eyes out because there's no peace. Okay? Do you, do you understand? They thought they knew what peace was. And they didn't know. And it broke his heart. Okay? These people of God, in that day, they saw themselves as peacemakers on the earth. But they didn't recognize the peace of their king. Okay? So according to Isaiah, the increase of his government and of the peace of Jesus, there will be no end. Now, we are now part of the increase of that peace on the earth because we are now his peacemakers. Okay, but before we can make peace, we have to know how to carry peace. Right? Okay, you guys okay? We're going to talk about how to recognize the peace of his government. Okay? Number one, we possess his peace when we do not measure out praise circumstantially. Okay, the... the, Jesus' disciples and his followers were shouting praise and they were celebrating him for all the miracles they had seen. And there's nothing wrong with this. They should do this, as Jesus pointed out. However, these same followers of Jesus who were shouting loudly to the king today were abandoning him, hiding in fear, and doubting everything they believed within a week. They lost their peace because their peace was a condition of what they saw him do. The minute that they didn't understand what he was doing, they no longer possessed peace. Okay? You guys okay? So remembering what he had done did not help them when they didn't understand what he was doing. They were thrown into such a state of chaos that they forgot who they proclaimed him to be. They were proclaiming him to be king. They were proclaiming him to be Messiah. They were proclaiming him to be our savior. But they lost their praise the minute that their belief in what he did negated their belief in who he was. Okay? In other words, 
if they would have held on to and remembered who they proclaimed him to be, they would have possessed peace in the middle of their greatest fear. Yes, amen. Okay? In other words, if they would have remembered and hang, held on to who they proclaimed him to be, no matter what they saw him do, they would have possessed peace in the middle of their greatest fear. Okay, does that make sense? That's easier said than done, right? Okay, but if we're going to possess peace, we have to not only remember what he has done, we should do that. That's good. But we have to remember who we proclaim him to be in every circumstance. Okay, all right. Number two, we experience his peace when truth is not rejected. We experience his peace when truth is not rejected. So as Jesus' followers were proclaiming him to be king and, and Messiah, the Pharisees came along and said, Hey, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he replied, Hey, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Well, Jesus meant a couple of things by this statement. First of all, he meant all creation praises the Lord. And all of created order knows the truth. And even if it's being unacknowledged by men and in a moment, creation itself and the created order of things will recognize it. Okay? All right? So secondly, it was just after this statement when he said the stones will cry out that he began to weep over Jerusalem. And then he goes on to say, hey, they don't know what will bring them peace. And then he prophesies the destruction of the city and the destruction of the temple until there's not one stone left on another. Okay? So he's picturing the stones of the rubble that will be left from the destruction. And he starts to weep over it. Okay, this prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled in 70 AD, which is about 40 years later, when the Romans came in and they destroyed the, the city and they, they burned down the temple and there was not one stone left on another. Okay, so they lost their peace in the city of peace because they didn't recognize truth. And if we are going to be peacemakers on the earth, then we have to know the essential foundation of truth in experiencing real peace. Okay? All of creation, even us, deep inside, knows truth. And even if the minds of some don't acknowledge it or can't comprehend it, our soul longs for and reaches for and searches for truth. And we fill our lives with peace, trying to, to, to fill it up uh, because we're longing for what's real and what's real truth. Okay? Does that make sense? And while this is happening... The heart of Jesus is breaking because he's saying, if you only knew what would bring you peace. It is not the heart, this is the heart of a true peacemaker. Okay? 
This is the heart of a true peacemaker. It's not the heart of Jesus to accept someone's decision in the name of peace when you know that decision is going to lead them down a path to destruction. It is not the heart of Jesus to say, I'm just going to keep quiet in this conversation because I'm supposed to keep peace and everyone should be able to make their own decisions and I support that. That's not the heart of Jesus. Listen to me. It is everyone's right to make their own decisions. God himself has made it so. But where are the peacemakers whose heart will break over the destruction that, that, that they're headed down with the consequences of their choices? And where are the peacemakers who will weep over the decisions of a nation or a people or a city who they know that your, your decisions are not based on truth and so it will end in destruction? This is the heart of a peacemaker. Okay, I've sat across from so many people over the years who have told me, Melanie, like, I found love. I found peace. I found happiness. And those things were not based on a foundation of truth. And what they want from me is they want me to tell them that it's okay. And that I accept their decision. And they want me to, to continue to love them. But in their minds, love looks like loving what I'm doing. And obviously, I've sat across from them. And I've looked them in the eye. And I've said, hey, you look at me. There is nothing that will ever stop me from loving you. But please reconsider this decision. Take it back to Jesus because it is not based on truth. And they say, oh, Jesus and I are cool. And I've never been this close to God. Isn't love the most important thing? Oh, you and I, we just interpret scripture differently. And all of those things are built on the foundation of lies. And even though... The happiness, the peace, the love, even though it may look good for a little bit and it may feel good for a little bit, it will eventually crumble into destruction and brokenness and chaos because there is no peace without truth. And the real peacemakers understand this and they know this and they say, I will love you too much to accept the choices that you're making because I desire to keep you from the destruction that you're headed toward on a foundation of false peace. All right, you guys okay? All right. All right. We possess peace when we do not measure out praise circumstantially. We experience his peace when truth is not rejected. Number three, <laughs> we are his peace when we know it's not an external condition, but an internal power. Let me say that. We are his peace 
when we know it's not an external condition, but an internal power. (laughs) That's good news. (laughs) Uh, When the people were shouting their praise to Jesus, they were quoting from Psalm 118. And Psalm 118 also mentions a stone. Okay, so I want to read it to you. And and as I'm reading it to you, I want you to picture Jesus entering into the city and what he's saying and, and like what's going on in his mind. Okay, it says in Psalm 118, open to me the gates of righteousness and I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So Jesus entered the, the city of Jerusalem that day, which was the city of peace, where he knew the temple, which was known as the dwelling place of God on the earth that day. He prophesied its destruction saying no stone will be left on another. But he enters the city as the stone that the builders rejected. And he says, this stone is now going to become a chief cornerstone where there will be a new temple and a new Jerusalem. Okay? Amen? First Peter talks about this. Y'all can, like, get, yeah. please get excited. I love that. <laughs> It's good news. Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones who are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him that brought you out of darkness and into his wonderful, wonderful light. Okay, so Peter's writing this in Jerusalem where the temple is still standing and he's reminding them, hey, these stones are about to fall. But when these stones are shaken, don't you be shaken. He is the living stone. You are the living stones. You are now the house of God. You are now the royal priesthood. You are now the chosen people. You are now the holy nation. Peace is not a place anymore. Peace is a power that lives in you. We are the peacemakers. We are the peace. Yes. Paul said this to the Gentile believers in Ephesians chapter 2. Remember that at, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, 
and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But no, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. So now I'm going to read in the Passion Translation on later in the chapter where he ends the chapter. He says, so you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones. With all the rights as family members of the household of God, you are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and it is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up complete as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies. His dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you. You are his peace. Let me see if I can paint this picture as a first century believer would have heard it. Okay? Because this ground where the temple stood, it it was known as, and it is still known today, as the most holy ground on the face of the earth. The Jews believe that this is where creation began. That where Adam and Eve were created. Now, our scripture doesn't say this, but this is what they believed. So this is how they would have believed it in their time. It was the place where Abraham went to offer Isaac and God provided a ram. And we were given the picture of the redemption of mankind where God said, I will not take your son, I will give you mine. Okay? It was the place where God promised to dwell among them. It was the place where heaven meets earth. It was the place where God would establish his kingdom and peace would go out throughout all the earth. It was the place that was so holy, the priesthood had to go through rigorous training and purification before they could ever serve one day in the temple. It was the place where the holy of holies, where the glory of God dwelt among the cherubim and only one man could enter on one day a week and he was the high priest on the day of atonement. It was the place where the presence of God had to be hidden by a veil so that people didn't look on his holiness and die. It was a place that they, they, they strove to protect from the, from the nations of the earth. It was a place where they preserved throughout the ages. It was the place where they wept um, when they started to rebuild the second temple after the, Babylon, after the captivity of Babylonians. It was their peace. It was the presence of their God. It was the promise of their covenant. And then Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace and he turns everything upside down. 
And he said, I'm going to take this holy ground. I'm going to take this holy place. I'm going to take this holy of holies. I'm going to take this dwelling place of God. I'm going to take this glory of God. I'm going to take this holiness of God. I'm going to take the covenant of God, the promises of God, and I'm going to take it and I'm going to pay a price so great that it's going to go inside of all of you. I don't know if we get that. And that's why Jesus is weeping. He's not weeping because it's going to be destroyed. He's weeping because they don't get it. Do you understand? Don't weep over the loss of holy ground. You are holy ground. Don't weep over the loss of these stones. You are living stones. Don't weep over the loss of God's house. You are God's house. Don't weep over the loss of the priesthood. You are the royal priesthood. Don't weep over the loss of peace. You are the peacemakers in the world. This is King Jesus. He said, I don't need a place to reign. I have a people to reign through. (laughs) Somebody stand up. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> you know, sometimes we're just so busy seeking peace. And you are the peace. We are the peace. We are the peace yes. because the king of peace lives in us. Yes. Hallelujah. Don't weep over the loss Hallelujah. of a place God wanted a people. Yes. You can start that, Pops. I just want the peacemakers in the room. And peace, bring it all. To start declaring the storm peace. Let it pray. Not, not, not peace like the world gives. The king of peace. I want you to start prophesying to created order to stand up and recognize the truth. I don't care what people recognize as their, as their gender. Created order will continue to testify to the truth. And we call forth those who have been led down a path of false peace. We call them into the truth. We call them into real peace. We call them into their destinies that they were created for. We call the church to rise higher, to be the peacemakers in the earth, for their heart to break over the things that lead people down a path of destruction to where we can't just hold back any longer. We have to learn how to love like he loves and say, I love you too much to let you go down that path of destruction. I don't 
care where I have to go in this earth. I am holy ground. I am the dwelling place of God. I am the peace. That's King Jesus. That's King Jesus. That's King Jesus. prodigal sons and I speak the peace of Jesus and the call of the Father to call them home to reconciliation and I speak to hearts to love them like the Father loves them when they come home if you'd like to stay a little bit longer. Um, you're free to leave whenever. I just want you to just sit in this moment and let it sink in. You are holy ground. You are the chosen people. You are the peacemakers. You are the house of God. You are the dwelling place of God. You are the holy place. You are the holy of holies. This is King Jesus. Sing 